Hi everyone, welcome to Management for Startups. Management for Startups is about learning management for startups, small businesses, teams and organizations. This podcast is never longer than 15 minutes, so let's get started. So my name is Cedric and I'm your host for this podcast and I want to spend this first episode talking about the motivation for the project, um, the idea that this podcast is a finishable task. And I also want to talk about the next seven, eight episodes, which is really a mini series of its own to get this podcast started. To start off, I want to talk a bit about where I'm coming from and what my motivation is for doing uh, the series. Uh, Managementforstartups.com is a project. And the goal of this project really is that I want to have a soup to nuts guide uh, for anyone in a startup who is a new manager. Um, And I wanted this for myself. I ran engineering for a Singaporean company called Epos. We made point of sale systems for Singaporean businesses, and we grew the company from zero to 4.5 million revenue over the last three years. I ran the Vietnam office. So as a new manager, it was doubly hard because I had no experience of Vietnam culture, Vietnamese language before I came in. And on top of that, I also had to deal with all the difficulty of being a new manager which is difficult anyway because management is weird and and strange, especially if you came from a programming background like I did. And I want this podcast and this project, the course that I'm writing, for the person who was like me. You came into a startup. Startups, unlike big companies, don't have proper management training paths. They don't have career paths for managers. Most of the time, you become a manager by accident. Uh, you enter the startup as a programmer, a marketer, a designer, uh, or as they call it in corporate land, an individual contributor or IC, and you were not given any training or preparation, but as the startup grew, you found yourself eventually responsible for the output of other people just because you you, you became the most knowledgeable and the most senior person in the company. And probably you feel a bit overwhelmed, you feel a bit unsure, uh, you are, like me, uh, a bit annoyed because you joined the startup to be good at what you did, to get better at whatever it was that you joined as, like as a programmer or a designer or a marketer. That is your craft and you feel that as your, you know, you feel that as the main thing that you want to get good at. And you fear that if you become a manager, you will lose those skills. So this podcast really is for you. The site is for you. Everything that I write about in this project will be for you. Which leads us to the next topic, right? Um, I think that this podcast will be a finishable uh, series. Unlike many other podcasts where you kind of expect the episodes to go on forever until the, you know, the creators grow tired of it, I fully expect that within a year or so, I would cover everything that you possibly need to know to be a good manager in the startup context. Uh, part of it is because of the scope. So this podcast is specifically for people running teams or building organizations between two to fifty people. Simply because a that's you know what I'm what I know what I have experience with, but b also because I think it's a pretty good universal subset. And the reason I believe this is because I think building small organizations and companies are a tractable problem when you are small. But when you become big, say if you're Mark Zuckerberg or you know you are Bill Gates and you're building a thousand-person uh, company, 
a lot of things can go wrong. And many of these techniques are really, really difficult to master. And I also believe that they become less universal because the, you know, the unique situation of your company, when you, once you hit anything above the 150 people mark, become very, very tied to uh, what your company does and which industry it is in. If we're simply talking about management in this small, right, if you're just dealing with a small team of six to seven to nine people and you're trying to grow a company uh, to be a managing team of teams, so between two to 50 people, I still believe that many of these techniques are universal, regardless of whether you are running a uh, tech company or a design house or a consulting company, or even if you are just an insurance agent and you run a small insurance office. I think... A lot of the techniques in general are also universal for teams in small companies, but I specifically want to talk about uh, management in the startup context because there are certain things that you have to do in a startup that you don't if you are a manager in a big company. For example, you don't have HR, which means that you do have to do some HR things on your own, which means that it's probably useful to learn how to do things like firing people or onboarding people or hiring people, uh, especially when you don't have that much money. I will talk about these things, but I will talk about them later. For the next six to perhaps eight episodes, I will be talking about one topic as an introduction to lead us into this podcast series. So I'll be talking about four things. Uh, the four things that is the bare minimum to be an adequate manager, uh, to just get your management task out of the way so you can also spend some time to get better as an IC. The four things that you need to know are delegation, training, prioritization of your management tasks, and one-on-one. Um, and there is a fifth pseudo-skill uh, that you will learn in the process of learning these four techniques, and that is uh, the technique and the skill of giving feedback or guidance. And that's just going to happen naturally, and we're going to talk about it naturally in the course of talking about the four other techniques that you have to learn. Now, why these four techniques, right? Why not uh, learn, uh, I will talk about process optimization or organizational design or, you know, the big C word, which is culture. And the reason is that this is for later. When I created uh, this course for my managers and, you know, the people uh, in my team who didn't really want it to be a manager and they wanted to focus on their craft as well, I picked these four techniques because my rule was... I want to give you tools to enable you to separate your management tasks and deal with them and have that not affect your individual contributor work. So everything else, like process optimization and organizational design, uh, is extra. Right? You don't have to learn these things because this, is, this isn't the bare minimum that you need to focus on your IC work in addition to being a manager. If we go through it, however, it kind of is obvious that you have to learn these four skills. Uh, the first skill, delegation, when seen through this lens of does, how does this help you not affect your IC work, delegation is very obvious because management is the act of being responsible for other people's output. And in order to be good at that, you have to be able to delegate well. And we know that you can be bad at delegation because otherwise the word micromanagement wouldn't exist right? Uh, micromanagement is terrible and anybody who has been under a micromanaging boss will tell you that their lives suck for that duration. The second thing, training, 
is also obvious and leads on logically from needing to learn delegation. You cannot delegate well if you do not know how to train. And the reason is, if you find that you delegate a task and your subordinate does a horrible job of that task, it doesn't meet your standards, if you were to do it, then you feel this urge to step in and redo it for them. In order to prevent this from happening, in order for you to delegate well, you need to learn how to train your subordinates to produce an output of work that you are happy with. The third thing, prioritization, is surprising perhaps, but not really once you learn what prioritization means. Managerial work is very different from individual contributor work in two important ways. The first way is that managerial work never ends. That's a secret that I think most people can see if they've never been a manager before. Management work really just grows to fill all the time that you give it. And if you don't know how to prioritize your management tasks, if you don't know how uh, what not to do, then you will find that all your time will be spent managing people and not focusing on your IC work and you do a bad job of both. The second important way that prioritization matters or like that management work differs from individual contributor work is that the goal of the outcome, the goal of your output in your managerial work is different from the action, uh, di completely divorced in fact, from the action that you take to achieve that goal. And I'll talk about that more when we reach that point. But I will say for the record that learning how to prioritize as a manager was the biggest uh, single thing that made my life easier once I became a manager for the first time. And I totally think, uh, from my experience teaching this, I totally think this will make a big difference for you as well. The fourth and final technique they need to learn is one-on-ones. And in my experience, one-on-ones are a slightly more controversial technique. The people who do one-on-ones and know why they do it and do it well usually won't give it up. Even though one-on-ones are really painful to do, right? They're basically an hour a month for each direct report you have, meaning that if you run a seven-person team, you're spending seven hours a month. That's a huge amount of time. And there has to be some good reason for me to, to say that you should do this. And there has to be some good reason for if you talk to anyone who uh, swears by one-on-ones and does it properly, uh, they will say that despite the pain of seven hours being sacrificed every month, they still will do it. One-on-ones are important because they prevent blow-ups. And I don't know if you've experienced this in your management work, but oftentimes you will find yourself that you're working, everything's fine, and then something happens, something explodes, and you have to go on panic mode. You have to go on firefighting mode. And then suddenly you cannot do your job properly for like two to three weeks because you're just putting out the fire, uh, and this messes up both your IC schedule as well as your management work schedule, right? You can't be a programmer, a designer, or a marketer if you're fighting fires as a manager. So the only way to introduce this sort of like a semblance of stability in your work is to be able to prevent blow-ups from happening before they happen. And it turns out that one-on-ones are the most effective way of doing that because one-on-ones are a powerful source of information that allows you to see into the future and allows you to sort of say, okay, this problem will be a huge problem that will explode three weeks from now, so I should take some time uh, to fix it today when it's cheap to fix. And one-on-ones gives you that ability to predict. In many ways, these four techniques are really the bare minimum. I've taught them to my managers and I've introduced a semblance of sanity into their lives. Uh, I want to do this for you uh, in a way that I wish somebody had done this for me. Um, in the process, like I mentioned, we're going to probably spend a couple of episodes uh, talking about feedback uh, while learning these four techniques because feedback is the important fifth invisible skill that you need to pull off these four techniques. 
I also want to uh, assure you that when I'm talking about these techniques, these techniques are fairly universal, but just to make sure that you can break it down and apply it to your unique situation, I'm going to tell uh, these stories uh, from my personal experience because I find that when you have a story that to contextualize the technique, you better know how to apply it to your life, to your company, and to your unique industry and situation. So that's what's going to happen for the next couple episodes. I expect some of the episodes to cover, I mean, sorry, some of the techniques to cover more than one episode because some of these are media. Like, for example, for one-on-ones, in order to convince you, I probably have to spend three episodes just explaining and de-risking it and making it less scary so that you go out and do it. Um, But I really hope that if you just want the bare minimum, you can stop. And I'll tell you when you can stop after I finish this mini-series. For those of you who do treat management as a craft and you do want to get better regardless, uh, then I do welcome you to just keep on and you know subscribe to the podcast and follow along and follow along as I move on to more advanced topics. Uh, that's it for today. Um, management for startups can be found uh, on Twitter at manage startups as well as on managementforstartups.com. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you next week.